0: Hello podcasters and welcome once again to Sexplosion. My name is Caroline Shenyer and I'm your coach on all things intimacy, relationship, sex and accessing your super consciousness to resolve conflict and make decisions in your relationships. This is my podcast teaching you about how to sexually liberate yourself to be confident, spicy and fun around intimacy and sex along with learning about how to build a great foundation for strong, long-lasting and passionate relationships. It is unfiltered, uncensored and very truly unexpected. I'm really looking forward to today's topic. It's all about sex and what men want. And we have a male guest! We will be talking about what men want and need in the bedroom and we'll ask Tom his view on what he sees as general challenges in relationships from a man's point of view so i am absolutely delighted to have tom pate with us today he's a u.s navy submarine veteran and in 2002 after a second failed marriage he realized that he had no clue how to keep a relationship great and that started a passion for self-improvement and understanding what it takes to keep a completely awesome relationship. Now, his mission is to share what he's learned to coach men around the world to level up their relationships and take them to completely new, unstoppable relationships. So, Tom, a massive, sexy welcome to Sex Explosion, our first man. Wee.
1: Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Good to be here. How are you, man?
0: oh it's lovely to have you here i'm so excited we got a man okay so um i'm just gonna ask you the very first question here and that is what men want and need in the bedroom what is your take on that from your experience with your relationship work
1: yeah you know it's it's varied and i've i've been doing some some research with some fellows on the on the web like Hey guys, I'm gonna be on this uh podcast, and I got this question for the interview. What's your take on this? And okay. I got very responses. So it, it's it's different, but I, I think there is some commonality in, in in what we want. And what we want is you. And one of my one of my clients, and I'm like, Well, what do you what do you mean by that? He says, I want her to be in the room, and I be the only man in the room. I'm like. What, what do you mean by that? <laughs> he goes, women tend to, and he coaches women as well, uh, and men, he goes, women tend, there's so much going on in their head, the kids, the bills, the judge, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Be present in the moment, not, you know, like when when they get done, you know, starts talking about all this stuff that's bothering that's on on the mind versus being engaged in in the moment. There's there's time enough for all of that. And I I work. I recommend that people work on eliminating the judge from their mind because <laughs> it can be a hell in, in the mind if you let it go. But you know, just be present, be there, be with us. And, and that's not just a challenge for for some some of the women, not all women, right? But some of the women. Um, but it's also a challenge for the men. We get wrapped up in, you know, are we gonna make the mortgage? Are we gonna, you know, am yeah. I gonna get fired? You know, it's like, but when you're in that moment, you know, sometimes it can be long, sometimes it can be a two-minute quickie, whatever. But <laughs> be you know, be in that moment with us and just let everything else go. And that that helps you to be engaged, but to be more active, to be more participatory. I find that, you know, when when people are more engaged on things that are outside of the, the act of sex and outside the bedroom, that they don't perform as well because yeah. their mind is not in it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about mindset, isn't it, Tom? All about where their focus is. So clearly... What these men are saying is the focus is on something else and not on them. And that's the trouble, you see, because with mindset, um, what you think is what will happen. So, in other words, what I'm saying is that uh, you create your reality by what you're thinking, because the subconscious mind doesn't know right from wrong. You know, it's like a child... You can tell them lies, and they'll believe you because they don't know any different, right? The subconscious right. mind is exactly the same, and so many people do not realize this, and that's why um the, these poor couples like the chap that you were just talking about, that's why these things happen because they're not they're not focusing where they should be focusing on, and the trouble is the more they focus on the wrong things, the more the wrong things are going to happen. So as far as the bedroom is concerned what your client was saying is that the re- women not all women obviously because not all women are like yeah. this but but right. we, the women are are not actually in that relationship in that moment that's what you're saying isn't it they're not in a yeah. relationship in that moment in in those so, so really what you're saying is that couples need to communicate more about what their feelings are right? that man mm-hmm. he needed to say to her look just snap out of this just yeah and and the other thing of course is making that time isn't it making that time to be to and actually setting the intention i mean we don't like to make it mechanical right you don't like to plan right. these things but by setting the intention together and saying you know we're gonna we're gonna just really enjoy this moment and maybe what what from the other side of it is that the woman is just so carried away that she doesn't even realize it you know she doesn't yeah. even realize it she feels like it's her job to think about the children to think about the shopping to think about the business and her job of course i mean many women will have their jobs too i always remember
1: 100 yeah
0: you know my mom she did everything. I mean, I don't know about their sex life, right? But all I do know is that at seventy years old, over seventy years old, my mum, my mom and dad were still doing it. So they must have had a, you know. So whatever. Awesome. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So and and I don't know whether that's rare or not. I think I think it is rare, to be fair. But I don't know. They don't talk about these things, and it's hard. I just had the last the last um um. Uh, sex, not the last exposure but I've recorded one for for next year um it's a, it's a sex over sixty well sex over seventy really um, so she was saying it's just like any other time, so it's it's all go, it's what goes on up here, isn't it? but I think that what women need to um these particular women that we're talking about here, they take the whole responsibility on themselves. And their minds just go on and on and on, "How do I solve this? How do I solve that? How do I manage this at the same time as that?" Um, and actually, what happens is that their relationship, as in the sex side of it, probably takes a massive backseat, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it does. And, and we I think we everybody has relationship blind spots, and, and one of the things that I like to teach. Guys, and I, was, I was just talking to one of my clients yesterday who's having some, some challenges in, in the relationship. And he started talking about how, you know, I mean, he's an he's a intelligent guy, you know, quick-witted, driven, and all this, you know, all those accolades uh, that, we, that we attach to guys. And, and not that we don't attach them to girls, but it's, you know, more traditional attached to those things to guys. And women are, you know, getting into the workforce a lot more these days. Uh, over, the, I would say over the last 20 years, right? So, but he was just, he couldn't fathom why he couldn't figure out how to make his relationship great again. I'm like, what makes you think you know how? He goes, well, he started listing off some stuff and he's read a, read a little bit, you know, and I'm like, so why do you think you should just know this stuff? Were, you know, how, how was your parents' relationship? Was that great? Was that a great example? Well, no. Well, how about relatives and other people that you're around? Well, some of my friends had some good relationships, but you know, I wasn't around them all the time. I'm like, okay, have you been studying it for the last ten years to figure out the science of it? Well, no. Okay, so why do you expect that you should just know this stuff? Exactly. We don't know. We weren't most, and I, I say most of us. And it, I always like to give context, right? Um, and what started that is just kind of a segue here is I was talking with a young lady and she was lamenting about the relationship and the husband wasn't this and wasn't that. And like, so you you just think he should know? She goes, well, yeah. But we, most of us go back. (laughs) A lot of us these days grew up with divorced parents, multiple divorces. So we didn't get the education or the example, or if they stayed together, it wasn't really that great, right? There was bad, there was arguing, all this kind of stuff. And then did we learn it in school? Did we learn communication skills in school? No. And I saw a figure about 2% of people in the world learn communication skills, and that's because that's going to be their profession, some kind of communication. Exactly. And then, so we didn't get it in school. And then we're out into the world looking for love, often in all the wrong places, as an old country song said. <laughs> and I'm like, so I like to set context, like why are there problems? And the other problem that that both men and women have, and I think maybe more women, but we, we believe in the lie that we were sold, that we didn't even know we were being sold, and that you find the right one. And everything should just be easy after that because you have such so many things in common and this kind of thing. But what what they what they the lie they sold us, right, is you meet the right one. Everything after that should just be easy and I shouldn't have to work as hard. And everybody does that. We we make time for sex when we're dating. We, We we make time to talk to each other when we're dating. And then we get married and we have kids and then to the getting back to the point that you were making earlier is sex takes a back seat and what the thought that came in my head when you say it is like yeah if you don't make time the mechanical even if it's mechanical if you don't make time for that connection that time will be filled up with something else that's important like the kids activities and i coach my my clients i'm like if you're too busy to have sex the first place you need to take a look at if you have kids is how many activities do you need to cut from there? You know, maybe do some carpooling and trade off, you know, carpooling. But the, the one, the one thing that we, that we struggle at and that that I'm coaching this other uh, young man about is the words, the language we use, the communication that we use affects people. And this is a major blind spot, especially with men, right? We, we, We talk to our spouses, our girlfriends sometimes, or a lot of times, the same way that we talk to our buddies with with harsh kidding language, you know, jabbing, you know, good job there, princess, you know, something like that, right? And we don't understand that tone can hurt our women. We don't understand that.
0: And especially, it works both ways, doesn't it? Because the woman speaks to the man like she's talking to her friends. She'll talk to him about her day. She'll talk to him about. She'll 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 talk like she talks to friends. And of course, a lot of men aren't really that interested. They, you know what I mean? They don't really engage. And so she thinks, oh, he's not interested. He doesn't give a. He doesn't care, and all the rest of it. So it's a massive um, communication. Issue. In fact, we we're talking about sex and communication a couple of um a couple of sex explosions ago, and um yeah, and so but to, going back to what you were saying about uh the questions you are asking your client about growing up, you know, and and, and where did he learn? You no, know, he would never have learned it. And what? But what we do learn is to create a defense mechanism, so you don't get hurt. Because obviously, you see yep. your parents arguing or whatever. I right my parents argued once right in front of me. And when I was about nine, wow. um, but my mother, that's because my mother always shielded us from arguing. She would just not argue in front of us. So of course, when I saw them arguing the first time, it was like, well, when I say first, I never really argued after that. Um, but they, but they were a bit more open later on when I was older, but when I was young and so I, I remember sitting there on the stairs looking down, you know, with the, the, the spindles, whatever you call them thinking, oh, my parents are gonna divorce, they're gonna divorce. So for me, I was absolutely per- petrified of that. And I must've, you know, there are all sorts of different things that my parents said to me, which I've learned in the last few years have blocked me in certain ways. And so so what ends up happening is that the, the man will have his, um, I say traumas, his things that, that, that he learned as a child that, that hurt him and would trigger him, same for her. So he says something quite innocently to her, um and that was that would trigger her and right. she would expect him like you were saying she expected him to know what he'd done to her without her saying anything assuming is so dangerous right and it's oh, the same yeah. for him he'll then retaliate because she says something that's that's triggered him and it's like it's just a vicious circle now if people knew that what they were what they were, what was happening, was completely unconscious. That they learn as a child as a defense mechanism, we would all be in a happier place, wouldn't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. And that, the, the communication piece, I think, is the thought that just came to my head is like, if you want to have an amazing relationship, you need to do two things: one, learn great communication skills, and two, well, three things: how to implement them. <laughs> And three, read up on how, what it takes, the science, like um, what marriage, what makes marriage last. You know, I mean, there's so many great books out there. The five love languages and there's different, oh, yeah. you know, there's, there's the military edition. There's the kids. I mean, there's all kinds of science proven. This relationship relationship stuff has been figured out. Somebody's already figured out. You don't have to work so hard to figure it out yourself if you get lucky and do it but the communication piece i say is more important than love and people it, it, and i and i cite this study that was done back in 19 survey done back in 1939 i think it was and they they asked people what are the top 10 most important things to make a marriage last and love was only number 5 it wasn't until hollywood and disney started selling us the, the love thing in the seventies that, you know, when it really started ramping up, right. TV proliferated and all that kind of stuff that people started citing love and it started rising up in the ranks. And it's number one now that love is the most important thing. And, and it's not. And the other, the other thing to your point that you were making there is we don't know how to engage our partner in a, in a, I call it extreme relationship ownership way of our triggers. And I, I don't, I don't like to say triggers anymore. And that goes back to one of the interviews I did for my summit last year, um, Marla uh, Mattinson. And uh, she goes, Tom, let, let's not use the language of trigger. And I'm like, well, why is that? She goes, because that, that puts the blame on the other person for getting you yeah, upset. That's correct. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, she goes, Try to use the word activate and and one one of the questions th- this is like one of my miracle one of my four miracle questions I'll, I'll give your audience here so if like you're feeling something in you is activating right it's always it's if you're getting angry it's always something in you and it's it's something that's typically from your childhood that that frightened you angered you something like that so the question that you can ask is sweetheart you know when you said that it activated i something in me activated and is getting me upset and the story i got going on in my head and it's important to do this right because it's it's taking ownership of yeah. you being absolutely upset
0: absolutely right the yeah story
1: i got in my head is that you meant it this way is that? am i correct on that or am i off what that does again takes ownership of it but it also gives them an opportunity of like, well, no, that's not how I meant it. And, and the, the one of the discipline pieces of that is never insist, yes, you did, <laughs> right? Because um, that's just going to set the, the bomb off, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: So it's, give them a chance to explain like, ah, oh, okay. And then what you can do is the next time they may do, and it may be just a tone. Right, or maybe a, a way that they responded, or something that they physically did. When they do it again, have some recall. Okay, she said that she didn't mean it this way, so that's just something in me being activated. Right, but that that's simple. It's becoming little...
0: aware, isn't it? It's becoming yeah. aware of your behavior and taking responsibility. Absolutely right um i wanted to ask you you asked all those um getting back to the sex in the bedroom you asked all your clients um about this question what were the other things that they came back with
1: so one of them was um initiate sex you know we we're we're tired of being the one that initiates sex and that Mm. Again, kind of gets back into the misunderstanding that men have about women's world in their mind and, you know, what's going on, especially after children, you know, which, which can wreck the body and, and make it very difficult uh, for women. We we don't we're not raised being educated on that stuff. And that I'd like to talk about if we have time about purposeful parenting. <laughs> so one of the things is, is we got to remember we're not raising we're not just raising kids right we're raising somebody's future spouse and so yeah. so what that but what we don't understand is I mean it can be even like hormonal chemical and all kinds and you know you're not feeling sexy anymore because you know maybe having a hard time losing the weight but we're not communicating about that we're just making and I like to I like to pronounce the word this way assuming on purpose. Yep. we're just assuming things in our head and that's why i also say 95% of our relationship is in our head we need to get our relationship out of our head and into our relationship by working on and in our relationship working on our relationship is studying reading finding out things working in our in our relationship is putting those things into practice yeah, like communication well in practice so- and and one of those things that I like to tell people too, is talking about sex. It, it's so, I don't know about in, in in Europe, but in the States, it's so it's been so taboo for so long that mm. we don't even teach our kids how to communicate about sex. So good practices about sex. You know, for a long time, we expect ah, let let the school teach them about sex. Now that's a big issue, right? So but we got to we've got to train our kids how to communicate about love. And one of those ways is talk about sex in the bedroom outside of the bedroom. And the reason that, that that's a good idea, and I got that from a, a sexologist, is because if you're talking about sex in the bedroom, there's more pressure there because it's it's kind of like a performance kind of thing, right? It's like, but if you take it outside the bedroom, you can talk about it logically and, and you know, not... In in the bed. It gives you a more opportunity to, to be more communicative about it.
0: But yeah.
1: we we're afraid to talk we're, because we're afraid to be vulnerable. And that's that's the other major thing you need to work on in your relationship is create a vulnerable environment where you can talk about anything and everything without being judged. And you know, not that you don't need to get some constructive criticism once in a while, but talk about sex, talk about, you know what, honey, and and let it be okay. You know what, honey, I'm, I'm kind of bored with what, how we're doing sex. Can we, you know, I'd like to try something new and don't take offense at that. Right. It's not coming down on you. It's okay. And maybe that gives you some reflection. Like, yeah, you know what? It is kind of boring. (laughs) How can we spice that up? And like, well, I don't know. We'll Google it. <laughs> right. I mean, there's books out there about how to have better sex in the bedroom, right? So there's, I mean, there's nothing that, that there's no question. And I got this from um, Dr. Willard in the and him and his wife is like 76 and they're still having sex and, um, you know, and, and very, very happy. But he's like, there's, he says, Tom, there's no question somebody can ask me about relationships at this point in my career that I don't have an answer for. I'm like, Wow, that's pretty amazing. So the, the whole point there is if, if you're having problems in the bedroom, it, it starts outside the bedroom. Get educated about sex. Get educated about um, communication. Get educated about...
0: Toys as well.
1: About <laughs> toys. Toys. Yeah. toys? Toys, yeah. Sex toys. Yeah, yeah. It
0: add, a spice, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and some people, some people believe, you know, you can watch porn and, and you know, another group of people like... You know, against that morally, um, but I mean, the the point out there is that there's different ways to spice up your bedroom. I mean, costumes. I mean, you know,
0: yeah,
1: you, The things you can do right to kind of spice it up. You know, role play.
0: Role play, yeah.
1: <laughs> one of one of my favorite ideas is um, going to a bar um, separately and hooking up in the bar. <laughs> Playing like your different characters, you know, like maybe out of a movie or something like that. So you know, it's just a great idea there. But so you know, but what? Getting back to my other earlier point, there is what what a, a lot of us guys don't know, and I, and I'm hearing more and more from women these days is foreplay. You know, we we thought foreplay started in the bed, but foreplay for a lot of women that I'm hearing starts right after the last orgasm, meaning Foreplay is a continuous thing throughout the day, not sexual touching all the time. But foreplay for a woman, yeah, foreplay for a woman could be. Oh, look at that! How sweet he did the laundry and he put it away, and the whites aren't all mixed in with (laughs) the whites The whites aren't pink now because you know he put them in with some red stuff. You know, or or, look at that—he vacuumed or you cooked dinner.
0: See, that's the language of love, isn't it? Acts of service that's yeah. how well, the woman feels some some women some people feel
1: love. right for some people for some women's like you step in my kitchen and you're dead right because <laughs> it's a matter of pride for them right but you know it's important to learn the love language
0: oh yeah
1: i say it's also important to learn what their anti-love language is and it's also important to understand just like a certain position where what you do in the bedroom gets boring a love language could change and we we resist change. Our brain resists change with a passion. Re- relationships don't have to be hard. And I, I've been toying with this word, hard, because I was going through some hard stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is hard. This is hard. I was going on a hike, and my this certain hill. I was trying to make it up. this like a quarter mile long. It's pretty steep. And I was I was trying to run the whole thing. It's at the end of my my hike, and like gonna be hard. it's gonna be hard. I was like, no, bull crap. This is gonna be easy. This is gonna be easy. This is gonna be easy. And you know I ran up that hill the whole way faster than I've ever done before. And I still kept running afterwards and still had plenty of energy. It's the power of thought. If you tell your if your your internal running routine about your spouse is negative, how do you think you're gonna communicate? Do you think you're gonna give the effort? change your language about your relationship and your language will change and yet you've got to force the change in your head because our brains have a negative tent I say or bias they do it's just it's just a natural thing so you've got to work at your thoughts you've got to work at your energy
0: yeah um change your thoughts uh, sorry change your beliefs and you change your relationship but another thing uh, that you I want to touch on that you spoke about is uh, the activating thing you see mm-hmm. now it's important to heal whatever it is that is creating that activation. and there aren't many people that do the that actually heal them you can do it with um uh hypnosis or and i i'd have a childhood it's called a childhood um experience that i i do a, a three-step process to to dig into what is causing that. And once you realize what it is, it's like, oh, that's what it is, you know? Because it's something that's completely unconscious. But something else I wanted to ask you, um, there's a book by John Gray called The Women Are From Venus, The Men Are From Mars. Now he says in that book that men feel love through their penis. When they're doing it, now how true would you say that is?
1: I would say it's, it's very true. Um, And I I was reading an article yesterday about this. And, and again, this is communication, right? You, you, they should just know this. Women should just know this about men. Well, they don't, because again, none of us were taught, right? Stop with that assuming of they should just know, get that out of your, when you start thinking about that, just like, oh, wait a minute, maybe they don't know, but Mm -hmm. it is true because we, 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 most men, right, express our love through the physical sex. That, that tells us that we're doing okay. That tells us that, well, she still wants to have sex with me, so she still wants to be with me. You stop having sex with your man, and she, he starts thinking, God, is, is there somebody else, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that negative bias, that that, that fearfulness, and, it, and you can go down the rabbit hole with that, right? So And I have another friend He's like, yeah, sometimes my wife just takes one for the team. She doesn't want to do it as much as I do, but, you know, she loves me and she understands what it does for me, that it helps me to feel connected to her and and more secure. And that is where most men feel they can be the most vulnerable.
0: Wow, amazing. So what would you say then about those young men, you know, the ones that um, uh, just sleep with lots of different girls. And they just that 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 is just sex, isn't it? That's nothing to do with love. That is it? Because it's just an act. It so is. It, does it change then as they get when they start to uh fall in love with someone? Does, does that change from just sex to making love when it's the right person? Is that how it works with you guys?
1: I think a little bit, I believe. But we're so driven. And, and remember, right? Mo- most adults, our brain isn't fully formed until we get to be about 25. I think it's a little earlier for, for women, but on, on average, guys' brain doesn't mature until 25. So it's true we think about sex all the time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, maybe a little less as you get older. But it, it's. I always it's, it, I always like to relate back to a lot of why we do the things we do back to evolution, right, as we evolved as human beings. Being hunter gatherers before the invention of grain and corn and, and uh, you know all that kind of stuff, even down to my diet. It's like, well, was I putting ice cream and cake into my mouth as a hunter gatherer? Huh? No,
0: never. <laughs> but,
1: but we we don't we don't understand each other because we're we're not taught how to understand each other. Going back to that communication piece, right? But we do. We do want to be close to you. We do want to be open up to you. But as, as a teenager, all that's on our mind is sex. We need to learn how to love and we're not taught how to love. We're not taught why sex is important, not only for procreation, but connectedness, but we're not taught how to, how important it is for a woman to feel love and secure and safe and question is my language is my actions stuff that we're not even aware of right so the boy's not mom and anxious. I were talking yeah the boy's mom and I were talking uh last year and we had a conversation and she mentioned something back when we first got together that really hurt her that I did that I didn't I'm like oh yeah I did do that she goes yeah that that kind of got me to start falling out of love with you and I was um, like holy crap and
0: you had no idea she
1: had no idea and, and she also she also didn't know how to communicate it to me in a way that didn't start a fight <laughs> because she grew up in a family that they were fighting all the time
0: wow so, that was the norm for her wasn't it that was the norm and she didn't want that um, and not trusting men
1: you know she and like I grew up and this this is this is why we have to really get good communication and find stuff out about our, our spouses, especially their childhoods, because I grew up believing that women couldn't be trusted. Wow. And if a woman was coming at me, um, you know, it's like, what do they want? You know, they, they just want sex. Right. That, that was, I, I didn't trust women at all. I still wanted to have sex with them. I still want to, you know, find love, but you know, the boy's mom the wife, She grew up not trusting men. So we come into this relationship with all these buttons and triggers, which I like to say, there are no buttons unless you decide there is a button. Uh, Exactly. No triggers unless you decide. Now, we don't know that because it's so programmed and conditioned in us that we come together and we're, I'm going to use the word activating each other. And it's like, why are you blowing up? And the other thing that that I think is, I, I came to this discovery is like, you can get, you could grow up in a household and your parents are arguing and, and fighting all the time and you could vow, I'm never going to have a relationship like this. I'm going to learn communication. I'm going to do all these things. And then you know what happens when you move in to, together? You both, it, it's new, right? Your brain panics. It's like, this is new. I don't like change. What do I do? Oh, I remember how, people act in a relationship because i saw it growing up so you revert back to every single
0: time to a certain
1: degree you revert back to what you learn
0: yeah and you know what one thing that we're not taught which is coming back to a point you made earlier is that we're actually not taught how to give love or receive love you know
1: and both of those are big Right, because if you feel unworthy of love, you will fight against it.
0: You will sabotage
1: your relationship.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, is that you have no idea of the effect it has on your relationship, and um, and how can anyone know? I mean, you know, my parents—they never, they never ever told me they love me. They never told me they love me, Um, and I know many people, all my friends their parents never told them they loved them nowadays is slightly different because now i i'm learning from other people that they're telling their children they love them making sure they tell them they love them so that's really good but i think mm-hmm. it's all just a, a slow um um a slow a slow change from the generation to generation but there's something else i want to tell you as well have you ever heard of epigenetics uh
1: yes I don't remember what it means
0: but. okay so what happens is with epigenetics is that if we don't change the genes as such right you don't change the genes but you change the gene expression we are capable yes. of changing okay. the gene expression right? so i'll give you an example of what i'm talking about they put this rat into a cage and they put pumped in cherry blossom smell and with the cherry blossom smell they gave it a little electric shock no, not enough to kill it, obviously, not enough, you know. It was just not, it was very, very unpleasant. And so the, the every time the rat, the rat smelt cherry blossom, it would just shake with fear. Eventually they stopped the electric shock and they just gave him the cherry blossom and he would shake, right? Oh, sorry, she, because <laughs> it was female. Then what they did is they mated that rat and then they took the rat baby rats put them in a cage and put the cherry blossom smoke no electric shock and they shook like a leaf so in other words she had changed her gene expression and passed it on and that's what happens with each person in relationships they get passed on like that and that um is very very common amongst many men and women and the only way to change that is by because that that happen to the rat because it's repeated, repeated, repeated. So in other words, you've got to change that belief, change that belief, keep changing it until eventually you change your own gene expression back to what you want it to be. So that's another contender, isn't it? It's actually passed down.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's generational. And and the same thing is is true with relationships. Like, So I I went back to visit my dad before he passed away, a few years before he passed away. Uh, That was... Passed away in November of 2019, um, and and I was getting deep in the research of this stuff, and you know I had my my podcast going and had written my book, um, which is back there. Uh, <laughs> but um, and you know I grew up. My dad, my mom and dad divorced when when I was like about nine nine years old, ten years old, something like that. And then my dad went through three more marriages and wow. multiple girlfriends. By the time, and he finally. His fourth marriage lasted 25 years, and I, I like to say Dad finally figured it out. <laughs> well, and and she did too, right? Um, but that would that affected me how I and I my my sisters grew up with my mom, and I grew up with my dad for the most part. But you know, it's like that affected me, and then I went back and visited him with his wife, and and you know, she has two sons, and they have multiple, multiple kids, multiple, multiple grandkids. And it, it dawned on me as I was observing their speech and their actions and what they were doing and interacting with people and what they're griping about. And I was like, good God, this is generational. These, these relationship habits, they're acting the same way, like baby, daddy, mama, you know, not paying child support and, and, you know, working under the table and and all these things. And And I was like, how do these guys not realize what they're doing to their kids, to spite the the ex-wife? And like it's, it, I was just like,
0: it's shocking.
1: wow, wow. And, and and that's that's where I came up with, um, or actually I got the, the that term from one of my uh, friends about you know that's why it's so important to realize we're not just raising kids. Whether you're together or not, you're raising somebody's future spouse. And do you really want the the perpetuation of divorce and nastiness and sorrow and misery and suffering, I think that's all kind of the same thing, <laughs> to, I mean, is that really what you want to perpetuate in your legacy? And that's, that's where I coined the term relationship legacy. You know, you've got to think down the road and actually be in the game versus being in the stands, you know. Coaching from the stands, you got to be in the game and be. What's the what's I'm looking for? Um, focused and present on what is your mission as a father. It's not not to you know whore around or whatever. You know, it's not to earn as much money as you can. It's what is your legacy going to be? You're, you're training your kids to abuse a woman. You're training your 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 daughter, have they? You know, you're training your daughter to be a whatever. You know, whatever's going on in your family. So, and that's where also um, you've got to have a mission. You've got to have a marriage mission, so you can be on this. It makes it easier to be on the same page. Where are we going as a team? And it is a team sport, right? sport but it is a team effort and and keep that in mind in your communication when when your spouse says something and you get activated it's like huh he's not he's not normally or you know he hurts your feelings like just ask the question is is he normally that way or has he just become that way recently maybe he's just having a bad day but then that gets back into the question honey when you said that right that miracle question and be present. And that goes all the way back to the bedroom, right? Don't only be present with your, with your spouse in the bedroom, in the act, but be present in your relationship. Be aware throughout the day. Are my thoughts running my life and my relationship or am I being present and focused and purposefully acting? Now the challenge, one of my, um, Mentor is Julie Helmrich, who's a um, psychologist, and she was on the, the summit last year too, but brilliant woman. Um, she shared with me that she goes, "You know Tom, 70 percent of the world is living in mental mediocrity. Mm. I'm like, "Really?" She goes, "Yeah, Their lives suck, or they're just going through the motions, they're yeah. reacting, they're reacting in life versus being purposeful in life. And she goes, it's only like 10% of the world, I think it was. She said, like, something like 5% of the world should be locked up and should be kept away from, from or maybe it was 2%, it should be kept away from other civilizations, other people in the world. But it was only like 10% of the world that um, are really thriving. I would argue that also relates to relationships, but it doesn't have to be that way. If you can get conscious enough to say, to, to know. And that's why I do the work that I do, especially with men, you know, my focus is men, but that's, what, that's why I do the work that I do with them is to wake them up about legacy, about communication, about why do you think you should just know because you watch some movies and the rom-coms. That's not real life. There's real science out there and real people who understand the science that can teach you about what it takes to get you what you want. But then you have to answer the question, well, what do I want? What is the outcome? That is the
0: first question, isn't it? What What is the outcome do I want? want? Yeah. And a
1: brilliant question that, and I saw this, I forget where I saw this, probably YouTube, somebody said it. Um, Do you you want to win the argument? Do you want to win the point? Or do you want to win her?
0: Hmm. And on that note, that's been such an interesting conversation. Thank yeah. you so, so much. You know, that I've really, really enjoyed listening to you. Um, what I'd like to Enjoy ask it. you is to please let us know what your book is. Tell us what your book is. So people might want to want to want to read your book.
1: Yeah, thank you. It is called The Seven Secrets to an Extraordinary Relationship Your Parents Couldn't Teach You.
0: Oh, wow. Sounds great.
1: And the reason they couldn't teach you is because, again, they didn't know either. They were just winging it like everybody else. They didn't get a book. When they got married, here's how to have a great relationship. Now, nowadays, you know, you were going to ask the question: If I was an 18 year old, what I what would I tell myself? Well, there weren't the books back then, but there's books now, and I've I've given my boys books about relationships. I talk to them about relationships. I, I coach them about relationships. Fantastic. So, and you can also go to uh, my podcast website, relationshipfitnesspodcast.com dot com, and. Uh, there's there's the the podcast out there. There's swag out there. There's references out there. Some of my favorite relationship books and motivational books out there. So high performance books, those kinds of things. So those are the those are the two places. I'm on social media and all that kind of stuff. But you can get to get to all that stuff from the your
0: website.
1: uh TomPakeCoaching.com is where you can get my my free ebook. How to Ten your Relationship.com, but main place I would say kind of the hub is the podcast the podcast website relationshipfitnesspodcast.com
0: cool 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 okay that's fantastic well listen you've answered the last question so what was the uh, what was the um, the the advice you'd give to your young 18 year old self
1: get educated on communication and get educated on what it, what it takes to really make a relationship amazing and keep it amazing there's books out there go get them You'll be happier and you'll have a great relationship.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's excellent advice. I'll be checking out your podcast and I hope the audience do as well. So listen, everybody, there you have it. Another interesting conversation. Um, Next time we have, um, actually, it's in November, the November, the... Let me just see. November the 19th, right? So, yes, I'm doing it biweekly, just for a couple of months because there's such a lot that I want to cover with you guys. So, for the next um, session, it's going to be somebody called Roy Graff. And we're going to talk about sex and relationships with multiple lovers. Yes, it's going to be about having a relationship with more than one person and everybody being in agreement with that. So this Roy Graff has that relationship and I cannot wait to speak to him. So come back right here for more explosive, unscripted conversation. And uh, remember, go to linktr.ee link forward slash Caroline Schenier for all my links in one place. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to this, everybody, this week. And uh, I thank you all so much for taking the time to tune in to your success. Bye bye, everybody.